0: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the pen ultimate episode review of Loki on Disney+. I cannot believe we're here. It's your boys, Cam. Say hello. What up? (laughs) <laughs> and Kirk, coming in hot with Spilled Popcorn, where we spill the latest and the greatest on the latest and greatest streaming series. We're talking about Loki right now. We've done WandaVision. We've done was a.k.a. this uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And now we're doing Loki. It's okay. here. Episode five. All I have to say is I was not prepared for such a perfect episode of television. How could how you have you, been?
1: How, how could you have been? I mean, none of us were ready none of us were ready
0: it's impossible it would have been impossible unless you are were a member of the TVA and you were sneaking back in time to uh, to talk about it uh, to disseminate information it was it was incredible i mean you know we started off this series people said that the episode 1 was the greatest um, marvel episode ever right within the three that we've had also comparing with agents of shield but you know no contest there with any of these uh, series that we've had unfortunately unfortunately but what we saw from this episode was just uh the the exact theme and concept of of what it was pure magic throughout the entirety of the episode
1: yeah i think for me you know i think i said early on that I was giving WandaVision the leg up, I think, early on, probably through the first three episodes of this series. Episode four was awesome. Episode five was better. So now I feel like Loki is firmly in my top spot out of these three, followed by WandaVision, followed by the Falcon and the Winter Soldier.
0: Yeah, I think it's a tight fit. I'm with you, too. It goes Loki. And then WandaVision is sitting right against it. We'll see what happens in the final episode, episode six next week. But before we do, I want to talk about episode five. Let's, Let's get into the unwrapping. Let's
1: unwrap it. Oh.
0: Almost lost my paper. Then this show would end. Listen, this episode was crazy. We start off with Sylvie versus Ravana. Uh, Ravana's buying time. There's this weird um, pride that Ravana has because there are things she doesn't know uh, that she is exposing that she doesn't know. But there's also things that she does know that she's still concealing in these moments. We can't really pinpoint what those are. But holy cow, Gugu, you are an incredible actress, and I expect so so much of you for the future of uh, television and cinema. I'm just, I'm just blown away by her. Um, Sylvie prunes herself in a, in a big old fight shortly after there's some back and forth cut scenes between um, Sylvie, Died, you know, just pulling information out of Ravana. And it's really exciting. Uh, of course, Loki officially meets all of the other Lokis uh, at the end of time. Plus a this cloud temporal, uh, sorry, temporal eating monster that everything it touches, it consumes. And that is it gone forever. It's crazy monster in the sky. Um, pretty crazy. How they talk about civilizations have been dropped in there. They've been pruned and they're gone in an instant. This thing is just out of this world uh more power than anything uh but we've seen monsters like this before and that's why at the end of this episode aliath gets enchanted by two loki's uh three if you're really counting uh if you're counting classic we get a chance to see the hideout that these the three i'm sorry the four loki's uh our four main loki's besides 2012 loki have constructed have concocted which is super exciting and it's uh it's like a game and it's like uh like It's a challenge, you know, there's lots of different um, uh, meanings behind them, being in a bowling alley where you play a game, where the pins fall and they get reset. Very exciting, all very intentional, fun stuff by the production crew. I love Miss Minutes in this episode as well. She's clearly in on the conspiracy Even more than we possibly know, this little cartoon AI who's seemingly supposed to just do whatever you ask her to really has a mind of her own or a different directive from someone above Miss. Ravana and the robot timekeepers. Uh, There's some really fun scenes in here where we get to see and listen to all of the Nexus events. So the Nexus event sharing of all the Lokis, that's exciting and enticing. And then, of course, we have uh, a couple other big moments as the Loki fights. All of the Loki showing up. In addition to the four that we see, uh, Gator Loki eats one of the other Loki's hands. (laughs) which is incredible. They went there, the enchantment of Eliath, and so much more cam. What what else am I missing? I don't know. I think that's it.
1: I mean, I would <laughs> have been, I would have been totally chill with like an entire Gator Loki episode, to be mm. honest with you, just like a, a Gator Loki origin story. That would have been fantastic. I would have been totally there for it. Just no dialogue, just like alligator noises <laughs> <laughs> and drama, I, w- I would have lived for that. But this was good too. This was good too.
0: I think you know how they make the the different screensavers. You know, the classic one at Christmas is like you got the fireplace crackling. Well, what if we just have Gator Loki in the water, just like looking around, yes. very still, in some calming rushing like a stream? You know, I could get down with that. I could get down. Yeah, with he that.
1: got his own character poster from Disney Plus. They released that today. It was it was majestic yes. and glorious and amazing. And I loved it. And also listening back to last week's episode, I totally flip-flopped the anatomy, uh, the anatomical differences between crocodiles and alligators, which is why we were so confused, but confirmed it's an alligator and it's better that way because alligators are cool. Um, So yeah, it's great.
0: Love it. Hey that's okay because I still don't know which way is which which way you said it's all upside down to me between alligators and crocodiles. It's, Up
1: until this year I thought the difference was that alligators were freshwater and crocodiles were saltwater and then I learned that that's not the case and now I'm just I'm done for. I'm <laughs> like if that's not the difference then what is, you know?
0: We need an epi- we need a series on gator loki strictly to tell us the science behind <laughs> the difference. Exactly. Series. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's fantastic. Well, so much really to, to discuss here. So much to speculate on here later on in this episode as well. Um, so let's dive into this as well, into the butter. Let's do it. First up. The Nexus events. Yeah. I want to talk about the Nexus events that happened with these other Lokis. Um, Obviously, it's important. Um, Obviously, going back to WandaVision, how cool it was and how uh, sneaky it was to drop the commercial about Nexus, right? The the headache medicine, right? So we have um, Gator Loki ate the wrong neighbor's cat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Embarrassing. Uh, What was boastful Loki's? I can't quite remember. Did they ever reveal his or is he just... He was just such a liar that we never get to his. Is I that what the kind of they, the joke was? I don't
1: know that they do reveal
0: his because he lies about it. He basically says that he got all the Infinity Stones. And That's he, right. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he goes through a couple iterations. Yeah, and so we don't the,
1: know his actual. We don't know his actual Nexus event.
0: Yeah, which is which is smart that plays to his character of boastful Loki, you know, he's just talking out of his butt, right? <laughs> um and then we get classic Loki and he faked his death, his his uh his inevitable death with Thanos. He faked it and oh, there he is.
1: This isn't he's the so Richard beautiful. E. Grant. This isn't the Richard E. Grant. Classic Loki, it's it's it predates that, but it's still still the same vibe.
0: I'm sorry. Is there going to be an actual Richard E. Creator? Yeah,
1: there's also going to be an Alligator Loki Funko Pop, and I will purchase that immediately.
0: This is incredible. This is really incredible. Um, Gator Loki can go right behind you next to Jaws, yeah, right absolutely behind on the shelf. <laughs> uh, but it, it really, um, it, it's really fascinating that classic Loki's Nexus event. He faked his death uh, with Thanos. And he, uh, with a, with incredible um, uh, illusion uh, power and uh, magic and de- mm-hmm. deception, and then he floated off as debris into the universe, just contemplating life like as this philosopher until eventually the TVA caught him. Uh, it just shows you how... How patient, uh, classic Loki can be, and one of the things that he says also that plays very true to the end of this episode is that blades are worthless in the face of a Loki sorcery. Uh, the uh, the the strength uh, oh, I can't read my own writing of our it stunts. Sorry, it stunts our magical potential. Blades are worthless in the face of a Loki sorcery. It stunts our magical potential, and we see it full force at the end. Here, he That's has right. no blade, no dagger in his hand. He is just using his his own sorcery to to summon a city to make Eliath uh, want to attack that more. Uh, and then, of course, Kid Loki just as as a one off line says, "I killed Thor." Uh, done. Beast. <laughs> Beast. What do you mode. think about all of these? Which one entices you the most?
1: Well, I think it has to be classic Loki. I think his his story is the most interesting because it's the closest to our Loki and it answers an interesting question of what would Loki have done had he survived the Thanos event? I mean, of course, Loki ends up going out, our Loki ends up going out in a blaze of glory, um, you know, basically Mm -hmm. sacrificing himself for his brother, which is the the ultimate end to his arc, though we know it kind of wasn't the end of his arc because we're still here. Um, But this idea that a Loki could experience that and then go on to have this sort of spiritual awakening that like <laughs> everywhere I go death follows so why don't I just not go anywhere and do anything why don't I just like be you know ha- having yes. that like, existential realization is really cool and I love the at the end whenever he's you know conjuring up this huge castle for Elioth to feast on you know this huge illusion Uh, Loki says I think we're more powerful than we realize because he he figures out that like so much of what it means to be a Loki is what burdens them and keeps them from reaching their full potential like all of that mischief and trying to win and losing and, and trying to scam and like it holds them back from being who they are so I feel like that dagger quote that you threw out was sort of metaphorical you know the dagger being a metaphor for all of the twisting and and conniving and all the stuff that they try to do to get ahead it actually holds them back from being who they can be so he was the perfect conduit for that story classic Loki what a great what a great character he has been in such a short amount of time
0: Yes. And who would have expected when you see when you see that group right at the at the end credit scene at the last episode, you're like, well, obviously we're going with kid Loki. He's youthful. He's spry. Or it's gonna be boastful Loki. Look at him. He's he's giant. We know we don't won't get much out of Gator Loki, unfortunately. That that was just a given. But to go with classic Loki and to use his wisdom uh throughout all of it was so great. It was so great. Uh I just love that dagger, that dagger theory you just threw out there. My mind is blown so (laughs) thank you for that thank you for that um even we see uh in this end of time where where time has not been written yet we were at the you know the the end of the line if you will uh, to quote captain america Mm -hmm. we have uh we have mjolnir's uh in in the soil just like dug underneath there it's like how'd that get there is it because of kid loki is it because of a previous a different variant or a thor variant like do you know anything about this any thor variants in your comic book reading
1: well there are thor variants but i mean we we saw one in this episode we saw throg Whenever That's they're right. whenever they're panning down through the ground to go into the Loki layer, we see we see Throg, who is Frog Thor, uh, <laughs> jumping around in there, and he's actually voiced by Chris Hemsworth. So we got up close and personal. <laughs> that is uh, a Thor variant from a different Earth, um, who ends up becoming you know becoming enchanted and turned into a frog, and then becomes thor is a frog because he is worthy um so oh gosh. uh wish we could have gotten more throg i can see why they didn't do that it, you know would have been cool but there there are other variants of loki i mean i mean sorry there are other variants of thor that have been around so um yeah who knows who knows whose Mjolnir that was i mean we know boastful loki has a Mjolnir too so it, it could yes. be it could be anything really
0: I mean, maybe we'll get, uh, frog Thor and uh, gator Loki in their yeah. own spinoff series. I mean,
1: gator Loki and, and Throg is the battle we all need to see. I, <laughs> I, I would like pay-per-view that.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh man. I, I think that, that that's, there's a good, uh, cartoon series for kids coming out there or live action. I'm fine with either one. I'll take either one. Uh, so, then I want to talk about some other crazy things. I want to go back to the bowling alley uh, specifically. That hideout is m- so much more than what it seems on the surface. Uh, anything that stood out to you in there, or or throughout the end of time void uh, for you, Cam? Well, I just
1: love this idea that there's all these Loki's there, and the reason that they're there is because they're survivors. You know, they they just yes. they just won't go away. They just cannot be defeated. So the fact that like, like, yeah, Mobius is there. Yeah, there are other people there, but these are the guys who have stuck around. And even after being sent to the time, have sent to the end of time, have managed to escape the clutches of a the evil cloud lion monster um, to the point where there's just like, you know, 20 Lokis hanging out. (laughs) I just love that. That's, that's such a great, great story. Yes.
0: I I love the touches uh, of, You mentioned Mobius. I forgot to say that in the unwrapping is that he survived and he gets dropped here. Um, (laughs) Sylvie prunes herself to avoid Ravana. She ends up here. This is where this is the dumping ground. uh, As was one of our questions was, do they get their own um, individual holding cell at the end of time? Wherever you go when you get pruned, or same place which is still a big question because I thought that one of the Minutemen that gets uh pruned I thought she got pruned but she actually went to jail but maybe she didn't get pruned um Hunter is Hunter like b15 B-
1: 15, I guess did yeah. not I guess did not I I, I re-watched four and we do not see her get pruned okay. Um, okay but we don't see what happens with her because we just see that Ravana and, and Sylvia are the last two standing but Hunter b15 must have gotten out of there somehow
0: Gotcha. So then it sh- it's safe to say you get pruned, you end up here with a That makes perfect sense. Yeah. One of the things that I loved is like these little touches. I was looking in the background on my second watch so hard uh, for the bowling alley. Specifically, we have this uh, very prominent uh, arcade game uh, called, and I'm going to butcher the name of it. Uh, Polybius uh, or Polybius. Uh, it looks like your classic eighties arcade game sitting there. And apparently this is a big urban legend that has come around since the year 2000 which i didn't know new urban legends could come around after our time of being born i thought they were all from like the 80s and, and before so that's pretty crazy this thing is is a is something of a uh of a uh, possibly an mk ultra experiment uh conspiracy theory um a government-run crowdsource psychology uh, experiment where they just put shapes in this game and then suddenly the theory goes is that two teenage boys were playing it and after they played this game they disappeared forever uh, <laughs> to suggest that they maybe unlocked something or they did, they, they did well at it. And so they disappeared. Uh, it's very similar to our whole, um, nexus event. So you, you do, maybe you succeed, uh, uh, you, you outlive yourself. So you gotta go, you can't, you're not playing by the rules. Uh, you're, you're doing too many puzzles and it's almost, it is a way of controlling, uh, free will or a restriction on free will, uh, which is you know there's all of that cake to into loki how do you feel about that urban legend being thrown into like in so many shots it's just there it's the same game and they're making sure that you can see those big letters
1: (laughs) i it's just something fun for the fans it's kind of like the the db cooper thing you know they're like they're messing with time and and this whole variant thing just really makes the imagination spin and so i'm sure they they riffed off of a bunch of different ideas in their writing sessions, and they were like, "Oh, we got to throw that in. We got to throw that in." Uh, my favorite Easter egg in this episode, which like we don't have to go into all of them because it was chock full. There were tons Everywhere. of them, but the Thanos copter, the Thanos copter, yes. that was you can see it out in the like, I don't know, the grassy plains of of uh, you know, like the marshland of uh, the void, and that's a reference to some really really old comics where like hilariously different from today's comics where Thanos would like he like literally flew a helicopter that said Thanos <laughs> on the side of it and it's been like a really fun like memeable type thing uh I, th- I believe in that same series Thanos like gets defeated and just gets like arrested by the police and, and goes to yeah. prison <laughs> <Why not? laughs> so it's like very different times for comics but it was that was such a fun tie-in
0: I can yield the infinity stones, but yes, cuff me and I am powerless. Yes. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Yep. Perfect sense. Um so those are those are the big uh the big hitters. Of course, then the last thing we have, the last two things of the Buddha is that classic Loki's magic uh, as he's summoning the city um, in this incredible heroic moment because he knows that that he will be sacrificed in some regard so that Loki twenty twelve and uh and Sylvie can Hopefully fulfill their mission and move forward in time. Uh, he and Loki turns to Sylvie because she asks, "How is he doing that?" And Loki says, "I think we're stronger than we realize." Here, hear, hearing the quote earlier uh, about swords versus sorcery, so just such such a cool moment because this just gives us an opportunity uh, to say, "What what are we going to see from this Loki in the future?" Uh, is a is he going to survive? this series and b um what what else we've seen so many things and we and we get to see him and Sylvie enchant Elia together in this beautiful and powerful exciting moment
1: yeah unlocking a new ability for for our loki which has been missing from his repertoire up until now i think that was one of the things i was really looking for in this series is like if we're going to do a Loki show, we need to see Loki like the real Loki. Uh, we need to see all of his tricks. We, we've seen his ability to shape shift. We've seen his ability to create, you know, multiples of himself and, and do those sorts yeah. of things. But the enchantment, the the magic beyond those sorts of abilities has been gone up till now. And, and mm-hmm. so it was cool that they used that moment to unlock this new ability that I think if they decide to keep him around past, you know, let's say Dr. Strange two. uh, He might be a very interesting person to have um, on the team, question mark. You know, Mm -hmm. like who who really knows where where they go from there, but yeah.
0: Yes, I love it. I I think that we should speculate madly. Are you ready to do that? I am. Yes, always. (laughs) Let's get into the crumbs. I really wish in that moment that I had prepared some breadcrumbs to then sprinkle all <laughs> over myself. And now I know what's going to happen in episode six yes, coming up next week. Um, so we're stronger than we realized. Could Loki become even more powerful uh, of diverging with all these other Lokis? We, we just, we just chatted about that. Do we think million dollar question, do we think Loki 2012 survives next week's episode?
1: yes yes okay i'm i'm a confident yes i think he survives um i don't think he has much more time left in the mcu because i think it will cease to make sense you know pretty soon here um but i think he serves a purpose as as of now and will escape this series and then will die in some sort of major event Or or we'll ride off into the Tuscan sunset like classic Loki, you know, and just be be gone. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. I guess um, maybe it could be um, that if Kang is the big bad, which is you know ninety nine percent likely at this point, right? Yes. If there's no one bigger than him that the MCU is coming in with their left hook, um, then this could be the final. Um, Tom Hiddleston Loki story arc that we see, uh, however, that plays out through the rest of this phase. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, before this episode, I was dead set on Tom Hiddleston dying in this uh, in this series. Even even after my first watch, I was still considering you know, maybe King just offs him as soon as not as soon as they see him, but relatively soon. Um, but then maybe, maybe she offs him and maybe Sylvie goes back and we go again. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Um, there's
1: a, maybe there's a situation where you, you know how like Hulk in infinity war goes toe to toe with Thanos, watches Heimdall and Loki die. Then gets, you know, then gets, you know, like rainbow bridged back to earth and is like Thanos is coming there could be a situation here where like Sylvie shows up at the Sanctum Santorum and like is like Loki's dead. Like Kang is coming. You're right. Like, like maybe, maybe Kang kills Loki and then, uh, you know, she shows up at, at Dr. Strange's inner sanctum and, and that's one of the catalyst events for, uh, multiverse of madness.
0: I love this. I love this. Uh, t- tell us about this building, Cam, because I know that you have done a lots, of, lots of research. So, Eliath Enchanted, <laughs> it clears, and we see this building. It's yeah. almost like a castle, almost like a 1960s research building that's falling apart. What do you know about this?
1: Well, I mean... I have to admit, when I first saw it, I, I, my first thought was Doctor Doom. This looks like his. This looks like Doomstadt, the the Latvian home of Doctor Doom, when he builds that you know great castle, and it's very ominous and scary. I mean, that's what that image conjures up when you see it. Like I don't immediately go to Kang when I think of castle, though. You know, Kang is that kind of guy as well. He's in. He's into big <laughs> metaphorical gestures, big displays of how great he is and things like that and obviously is well versed in in history and and architecture and things of that nature so it could be him but my my to be honest my first thought was dr doom now let's pump the brakes i do not think we're getting any sort of fantastic four reveal in next episode i've learned my lesson from wandavision i don't think it's happening um so I think this is Kang. I think this is Kang's castle. I think I think he's been chilling at the end of time. Makes sense given his character history. Makes sense given the fact that you have Elioth here. Elioth has only ever appeared in the comics in issues where Kang and Ravana are the main antagonists. So the, I'm putting the puzzle pieces together here like it continues to point to Kang and now the arrow is like flashing. Like I think I think this is it. I think this is where we we get our Kang um, sighting for the first time. I think in episode six, I think it's going to, I think it's going to shock the world. I think it's going to turn the internet on fire and uh, it's going to be, it's going to be big. That's, that's my thought here.
0: Yeah, this one, I, I really, you know, there have been a couple of times throughout these five episodes where I have watched a little bit of the front of the episode at like 2 AM on Tuesday night leading into <laughs> Wednesday. And I'm like, okay, okay, I, I, I just wanted to see if there was anything big. I get like 15 minutes in, I pass out, right? So I really think I might just need to stay awake and watch this whole thing yeah. on this week. I don't know. It's a terrible idea. I know this <laughs> from a real-life person with a real-life job's point of view, but I think I might do it because there's going to be no safe place on the internet the following day. Not a single place.
1: Yeah, it's been getting touch and go here anyway, I would say. The last few Wednesdays have been pretty tough. Like, if you're on Twitter, um, just you'll see trending topics, and it'll be like, Kang. And you're like, oh, God. like, <laughs> it, And it's always just people like us talking about the possibility of Kang. It's never like, yeah. actually Kang. But it's always it always freaks me out, makes my heart stop a little bit whenever I see it. Yeah. Um, but I do I do think this is it. I think this is where we meet Jonathan Majors as as Kang. I think there's a reason like I said that we know about this casting already and you know we're we're you know over a year away from his first appearance in in Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. And, and it's it's one of those things that's so frustrating like we we've We've theorized about all these different things, and, and yet it all makes so much sense that where they got dumped was the end of time. Like, that makes sense. Where do you send something that you don't want to exist? You send it to where time is still being written, where they can't mess up this timeline. That you, Like, it all makes sense. And when they ended up there with Elioth and everything, it's like, duh. Like, of, coor- <laughs> of course. Of course. Like, why didn't I think of that? Uh, which, of course, the answer is I'm, I'm not as smart as... Michael Waldron and uh, Kate Heron and the people who made this fantastic show, but it's, uh, it's exciting. It's very exciting.
0: The writers for this show and for all the MCU uh, series and films, of course, they, they have such an important job in making things make sense and stay close enough to the original material and not just try to surprise you with like fake outs and, Uh, you know, if the goal is to introduce Kang you have to introduce him with real things and not pull uh, like a what if scenario and then like just throw it in to make it crazy. Yeah. This this really is like they, they've connected all the dots and it's like, yeah, it was here all along, you know, kind of like Agatha. It was Agatha all along. It's like, boom, we, we showed you we showed you our hand uh, the entire time and now we're pulling it together for you. So that's part of the brilliance of the creative teams. And I just that's why it's so good, because there's no trickery, mm-hmm. uh, even in. Especially a series uh, with Loki, of the God of Mischief.
1: Yeah, and important things to keep in mind, just like interesting little notes. So, Michael Waldron is the showrunner for this. So he's the he's the mind behind the story that's going on here. So the the written for television by that credit um, is Michael Waldron. Same person is writing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. He's the screenwriter on that movie. Uh, we saw a similar thing over the weekend with Black Widow. Um, Jack Schaefer, Jacqueline Schaefer, who wrote, WandaVision, um, Wandavision was the yep. writer, was one of the writers on Black Widow as well. So, um, we're, this is the new wave of, of of creative minds behind Marvel, and I have to say, I think they're doing a great job so far.
0: It's great. It's really smart uh, to have them connected between both worlds. Yes. something that the DC should take. <laughs> A good hard look at same actors, same writers, same production teams. Well, yeah, and we know that
1: the MCU Gosh. traditionally doesn't like to use the same directors over and over again, um, with the exception of a few who, you know, who get to direct their whole series and whatnot. Um, you know, like the the John Wattses of the world, the Russo brothers, yep. etc. But using writers between properties is very smart like you said kirk very smart keeps things in line keeps them grounded doesn't keeps them from getting tunnel vision on their project mm-hmm. um it's the way to do it i think
0: yes well i don't know about you cam but i'm uh, i'm just gonna sleep until <laughs> 159 uh tomorrow night because tonight is monday uh recording of this i think i don't know anymore uh, because time is just an endless (laughs) um series of nexus events and branches that's that's how i see life is there anything else you want to bring to the table tonight before we sign off
1: well the only other thing is i'm very curious what happens with sylvie after this series i i don't see how they kill her or or send her off i mean people are starting to really love this character for good reason um but where does she fit? Where does she fit? And where where do her and Loki fit in the future? And obviously they both committed to each other in a really nice, intimate moment. Um, that they are going to figure out whatever's happening together, and they're 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 with it. They're with each other to to figure this out and to to fulfill their destiny. So that's um, just something that's going to be on my mind for a little while until we find out. We got a lot of questions to answer in episode six. A lot, a lot of questions. I don't know that all of them will be tied up real nice so we'll we'll see what happens
0: I don't think they will. We'll see if the ice uh, prince and the ice princess need a blanket. Uh, very, very cute, very funny, very ironic. The whole, the whole thing, again, th- just the nuances of that are brilliant as well. So glad you said that. Where does Sylvie go? I was, I was a taker or lever at the beginning of this. Cause I'm sure. like a Tom Hiddleston truest, but now I'm like, you know, but after that episode, uh, episode three, I was like, yeah, we'll keep her. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> and after this one, I'm like, no, you can't kill her. Yeah, it's, please, more Sylvie. No, kill kill anyone else. Anyone else but her. Uh, so that's, that's all we got tonight for uh, Spilled Popcorn, everyone. Please, please, please subscribe to our podcast. Also on Popcorn for Breakfast, the lead umbrella on all of this. We're going to play you out with some original music from our friends over at Rhetoric. Check them out on Spotify and anywhere else you can find good music. We'll talk to you next week. The finale of Loki.
1: Woo! Bye.